0: Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year.
1: Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out Radio. So I have a question for you. Is fashion and beauty, are they going high tech? fashion and beauty going high tech well I'm going to tell you my guest today is going to say a big fat yes here and it's Megan McDowell and she's a San Francisco based journalist plus a tech and fashion reporter so she's got kind of two really interesting angles here for us to hear from Um, and she's really looked at blending the lens of technology culture fashion to be able to support us in understanding what all of these manufacturers and companies are doing in order to help us to uh, ease make the shopping process more easeful, finding the perfect fit and the likes and dislikes of what we have and of course we're going to talk about the politics addressing and um, all of that is more high tech than I think you can imagine. Isn't that right, Megan? Totally. I mean it's more high tech than I probably even understand. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Just when everybody starts talking algorithms, I'm like, okay, lost me there. Um, But (laughs) I, I think this is going to be an interesting conversation because I really see You know based on what's happening and how high tech we are becoming um, nowadays that it's just an evolution it's a natural evolution that's happening and I was uh, this is embarrassing but I'm going to share it anyway I'm sure other people have done it too but I was uh, uh, on a plane and my flight was delayed and so I went into the the gift shop and I got one of those you know uh, trash magazines um, because I wanted to find Mm -hmm. out about the royals of course right what's the royals wearing Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting there on the plane, and I was looking at the magazine, and I wanted to see the picture closer up. And I literally put my fingers together and <laughs> spread them out as We've if, as if I could do, you know, make the picture larger. And I thought, oh my god, there it is—the addiction is there. The yeah, addiction it's a is there. Totally new mindset. Yeah. So, so I, I love the fact that you have this blend of being from a tech world and also a fashion world. And uh, I think you. that's a really unique perspective that um, our listeners are going to be able to get from you today to be able to find out uh, a little bit more about how fashion and beauty is going very high tech. and um, but I would mm-hmm. first, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you how you how you ended up kind of like bridging these two uh, arenas together.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean I also didn't think that I would be in the tech world or didn't fancy myself a tech expert or a tech reporter in any way. But um, a while ago, about five years ago, um, I was a journalist and an editor and I moved out here to San Francisco and um, I began reporting for the San Francisco Chronicle and the Chronicle covers anything going on in the Bay area and nationally. And um, I was writing for the style section. So my background is in journalism and in fashion. So I began writing for the Sunday style section where you cover the lifestyle and, you know, fashion, beauty, anything happening in the Bay Area and beyond. And in that way, I really got to know about San Francisco. And you can't live in San Francisco without reporting on Silicon Valley and mm-hmm. Facebook and Google and, you know, all these companies that really impact every moment of our life, even when you read, you know, a Celebrity Magazine. You know, it's like now a part of... Everything that we do is influenced by tech, and so in that way, I kind of accidentally started covering technology. So then, um, Women's Wear Daily, which is a national, um, very old publication for the fashion and beauty industry, they were hiring a tech reporter to to write out here to cover this new world and and how the tech world really influences the worlds of fashion and beauty. And so, I moved over to Women's Wear, and I kind of. I was intimidated um, at first, as anyone might be, covering the tech world, because it is so technical and complicated, but I found that it was really interesting, and it basically just covered the future. So that's how I kind of came into fashion and tech, and now I'm, now I'm freelance, and so I can cover anything that interests me, and that still happens to often be fashion, tech, and culture, and where they all intersect.
1: Mm, I love that, and, and you know, really, it's a booming part of the, you know, the, it, it's booming, there's nothing that's going down in regards to fashion and beauty at this point in time. And then of course culture, because I think people are seeing that the economy is picking back up. So we're getting out there and we're, we're trying out new things. People are taking risks and opening up businesses and restaurants that they weren't in the last 10 years. So it's, I I think it's a, it's a good place for you. So what's, what's one of the favorite things that you have written about? Oh my goodness. Well,
2: um, I think it's, It's always interesting to cover ways that make shopping easier, ways that make discovery easier. Um, I think that's fascinating. Um, So like, you know, Apple Pay, paying with your phone. That is exciting and interesting to me because it can really change your normal day. I mean, if if all you need is your Apple Watch or your your phone to pay for something, it really makes a hands-free experience. I think that's exciting. Uh, I'm also so interested in Facebook as a media company and at this time in our news cycle I mean Facebook is so influential to how we learn about the world around us and I was able to actually interview Madeleine Albright um, who was the first female secretary of state and she started out as a journalist and she was able to talk to me about the role of Facebook
1: in the news cycle and that was you know obviously a, a wonderful moment in my career I love that I love that Madeleine Albright is talking about Facebook Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone is <laughs> yeah, well, we all are it's true, um, and that uh that it there's there's no age discrepancy whatsoever when it comes to Facebook now, I think people are really understanding it and engaging in it and um, you know see mm-hmm. the value of um, being mm-hmm. on Facebook, and you're right, it is it does give us that global perspective um. And, you know, and I, I also like the idea that I can kind of pick and choose what I'm interested in to be able to view, read, watch, participate in, engage in. Um, mm-hmm. And so, for me, that type of a media outlet um, supports, supports me without having to, like, put on the 5 o'clock news and hear everything locally that is, like, you know, horrible, the horrific things that happen in your, in your city. Right.
2: I mean, it tells you what other people are talking about, Twitter, Facebook, all of these platforms are sort of like a digital water cooler these mm-hmm. days. You know, it's, it's it's what's on the the forefront of everyone's mind is reflected on these platforms, which is really influential.
1: Yeah, I just saw on um, the news before I came here to the studio this afternoon that they were banning anything uh, into the White House. They were banning anything that uh, did a electromagnetic, uh, and I'm, so that would be phones and you know. Uh, wow. Uh, the the mile trackers, the step tracker things that people use—I can't remember what they called because obviously I don't have one on my mm-hmm. wrist. <laughs> and um, but that also included like people that have pacemakers. Wow! So that's it was—it so it was like this long list of stuff that they were banning into the White House. And I'm thinking, okay, that's kind of a—that's one of those alerts. That's a—that's a red flag alert right there. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how the journalists are going to record. Yeah, interviews. it's it, like none of it made <laughs> sense to me. And I thought, where did that come from? But I mean, it, it seemed like, a, you know, it wasn't like a shoddy news thing that I was listening to it from. So but mm-hmm. yeah, but so so we have technology and it's almost mm-hmm. like we're at this point where we can't take technology away.
2: Right, exactly. It's you hard know? to. I mean, my grandfather, I was trying to get him a subscription to the print newspaper to follow sports teams. And it's just so interesting to think about. Okay, he doesn't have a computer, he doesn't use a smartphone, and I and I realized how much we've come to rely on that for absolutely everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I can see that from that perspective too. I mean, it's my parents are still. I finally got my mother an iPhone, and I showed her how to be able to go online and look at things, uh, find mm-hmm. things, source things, and um, <laughs> she was so excited that she had access to things you know, like at her fingertips right. like that. Um, so it, it, it was good to see um, that evolution because I didn't think that would ever happen. But, you know, it was really one of those right. things for me that became a, a, a safety factor. It's like, listen, you need to have a phone on you because if you go driving somewhere and something happens, now you have a phone that you can call us. I mean, seriously, it was an expensive, you know, option just for those type of situations. But I figured she'd kind of start rolling into figuring out how to use it and utilize it a little bit more, Yeah. Right. I don't right. know that she's going to be yeah, shopping on it anytime soon, but she certainly was doing some <laughs> reviews on things that she was looking for, which I think oh. kind of yeah, which I think kind of ties back into it. I mean, you know, it, it's such an it, it's easy way for us to be able to compare. So of course, when you have mm-hmm. technology, then everything becomes somewhat competitive, including fashion and beauty items that we're all providing mm-hmm. here. And um, you know, I love the I love the 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 information that you provided us and some of the articles that I went onto your website and read some of your articles Mm -hmm. and it's it is fascinating of how we're utilizing it and i gotta tell you i probably don't have a really clear understanding of it um Mm -hmm. but when you're referencing kind of like these these companies are using algorithms to be able to understand our style and our body i mean obviously we're filling out a questionnaire and then Mm -hmm. the computer is generating particular looks and and ideas and and uh, opportunities for us to say yes to making a purchase. Mm-hmm. This is brilliant, really.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, the word algorithm is intimidating to me because it's like, you know, these people are PhD scientists who are creating these equations that somehow can figure out, okay, Megan really likes to wear, you know, this certain silhouette of a dress. But I think, I mean, from my understanding, what they do is they do do the survey in the beginning, but then once you start um, interacting and giving feedback, they can corroborate your information with other customers who fit a similar profile for whatever reason. Maybe they have the same body types, maybe they live in the same geographic region. And so the more customers they have, the smarter these algorithms or these oh. equations so become. These, yeah. and so it's like, Good. and that's how they predict it.
1: That is so interesting. These are like, the, like a, a company like you'd reference, like Stitch Fix.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think Stitch Fix is probably one of the most well known that has really used algorithms and humans, you know, they still have stylists to, to make recommendations that are pretty accurate.
1: Do you think, Megan, that there's always going to be that there always has to be that personal influence in it? Like you said, they still have stylists. Mm -hmm. So I think so. Yeah, because I I think that I think the stylists have to be um, maybe more on the the cutting edge of fabrics and fashion and and what's in and how that works on different body types and um, and Mm -hmm. how and how how overall fashion might actually translate into just like the street clothes that you and I are wearing every day, unless you're out there in Gucci right now or or you St. Laurent yeah, while you're talking to me.
2: <laughs> no, I think, um, I think there's always a place for human creativity. I think that um, I'm sure scientists have, have been researching, you know, can a robot create art? I think it boils down to, you know, can you... Or, automate creativity and I don't think you can I hope mm-hmm. not I think hope not too I hope,
1: too. I hope <laughs> that still always becomes the very human part of us is that we right. are we are the art we are the we are the theater we are the you know the, the dance the music like all of that that falls under mm-hmm. an ar- ar- artistic umbrella that that stays human as much as possible
0: mm-hmm.
2: no absolutely and, and like trends are developed by humans so like you know, a company might realize, okay, you know, the color black is trending right now. Short sleeves, you know, cold shoulder t shirts are trending right now. Lace is trending. But if they put together a shirt using all those elements, it will still probably take a human designer to say, okay, we, this isn't the perfect shirt, you know, even though all these elements are popular right now.
1: So, mm, true, true. Know. But, I, you know, you can see the manufacturing world of how much machines are producing our goods. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And but somebody still has to kind of like create the initial design or have the initial vision, I guess you could say, in all of that.
2: Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But the, the, the algorithm helps limit waste because then, the, you know, the science can predict how popular something's going to be, what sizes are going to sell. And then you don't have to create all this product that doesn't end up selling. And so it eliminates waste. And so it really can be used for good in that way
1: yeah that's true that's true i like the idea of that as well you know it's i I look at companies that are using this kind of data and and this kind of preference and then um making making more opportunities for me to say yes and i'm okay with that because i've really kind of crossed over that line of i don't really want to go out and shop for me and i don't want to have to Mm -hmm. try stuff on in dressing rooms i mean you know back when malls were very popular that's what you did and how you Mm -hmm. did it and it was it was exciting then but i find Mm -hmm. myself you know still trying to find a few pieces and parts out there in person but i'm willing to take Mm -hmm. those risks on uh fashion and beauty products um and have them kind of like say oh she likes this we're going to send her more of that because it it's true I don't yeah, do I don't I do that good of a job at Walgreens trying to, you know, find the the, the right <laughs> shade of makeup. I bet you they could probably do a better job of, of finding the right shade of makeup for me. Well,
2: that's interesting and I'm sure you know they've created this um, augmented reality app that you can try on makeup yes. not in the real world, but like it looks like you're trying on makeup. I I but I still, you know, I I still kind of like some elements of being in person I think there's always a place for that of the experience of shopping for colors and textures and I think they can work together I I hope it doesn't have to be
1: either or I think there's a place for both I agree because I really do see the opportunity just like kind of like when we were all worried when Amazon came on and it was like oh but I Mm -hmm. like the bookstores don't kill the bookstores (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. And, or, uh, or even radio or TV. They ra- still exist. Radio and TV. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, and like something like radio is just beca- it's just exploding right now because people are they want access to information when they want it. And, you know, podcasts mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. being able to listen to it at any given time without necessarily having to watch it. Um, is becoming, you know, I think a fan favorite. So, well, I, I love the absolutely. idea that we're that we're talking about how technology gets in here. So, I, and I was really, I, w- I was shocked to read in your article here that you you uh, uh, threads up try before you buy model, and you were sharing mm-hmm. in here that Stitch Fix is potentially turning into a billion dollar company. Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean, I, I think that pretty much established that they're doing that well. Um, they just recently went public, and that was a huge deal. It was a fashion tech company to go public, and that's very encouraging for anyone or any company who's in this space. It shows that the customer is really responding to this.
1: Yeah, and you know, the funny thing is, is I didn't respond to Stitch Fix at all because it was like, I wanted to see what they had to offer before having to download all my information. Mm-hmm. But I
0: guess...
2: Well, the I, I mean you can see what they have to offer. Like the ThredUp, um, which is a, an online thrift store, basically, they are also letting you order something without providing too much info, and they send you a box. You can sift through it, and you don't have to buy anything. There's no commitment. And so there, there's a way to actually check out what you're going to get without
1: buying the clothes. And then you just return what you don't want?
2: Mm-hmm, absolutely. So the, you pay a small fee. Um, different companies have different options, but you pay a small fee. Um, that fee goes toward any purchase you make. But other than that, you I mean, it's expected that you're going to send back stuff. So, like, even Amazon is starting to test this.
1: Yeah, this um, It's
2: not, you know, totally opened up yet, but they're testing an ability to
1: try on stuff that you buy online. And you know what I like um, about it, too, is there's there's a – even though I'm sure you're putting your credit card down and all that, there's a level of mm-hmm. trust that I think is being built into technology that maybe we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Like oh,
2: absolutely. I mean – even paying with credit cards.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we've got so much more to talk about here, so I want to make sure that we can get to it. But we're going to take a quick break right now. Um, but if you have questions, you want comments, I, I let everybody know last week uh, from my show that I created a um, group page for Beauty Inside and Out Radio. So please feel free to engage on Beauty Inside and Out Radio. If you have questions for Megan, you can uh, you can uh, post them on there, and we'll get any of those answered. And I'm sure Megan will uh, answer some herself. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Beauty In Out Show. And, of course, if you're interested in finding out more about Beauty Inside and Out, you can email me, bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. But we're going to take a quick break. Megan we will be right back. Streaming live.
0: The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back, everybody. My guest is Megan McDonald. She's a San
1: Francisco-based journalist, teacher, artist, covering fashion, technology, culture, business, and beyond. Woo, that's a great scope there, Megan. Uh, <laughs> you you report for Fashion Magazines, W Magazine, Racked, San Francisco Chronicle, among others. Uh, and plus, mm-hmm. you teach journalism at the Academy of Art University. So, I mm-hmm. really, I, I see this amazing um, uniqueness that you have to be able to be um, talking about tech and fashion and I love the fact that you've interviewed some really outstanding people um, some actors like Patricia Arquette GAP founder Don Fisher and fashion designer Zach Posen Um, Mm -hmm. and on top of that you have a degree in journalism from the University of Florida and you studied at Savannah College of Art and Design so there you go you have it all wrapped up to be able to be one of the best tech fashion reporters out there Thank you. Now, what had you decide to get into fashion to begin with?
2: Um, I've always just been interested in the power of fashion and beauty to change the way you feel about yourself and to change the way that you're portrayed to the world. So I've always just been very visually interested in that world. So I I studied fashion design, but then I ultimately realized that as a journalist, I can be more diverse and I can cover some of those um, topics that you mentioned. I can kind of Explore anything that's interesting to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. So we were talking about technology, and and you know that's th- th- that's just such a broad subject, let alone. But mm-hmm. you know, really, when I was at this uh, executive event um, last month in December, and there was this uh, person that was referenced that was from Amazon that was talking to us about some of the technology they're doing and this amazing the, how they're doing all the robotics to be able to pull the products. Um, mm-hmm. in the warehouses and everything. It was fascinating that what they're doing. So, I mean, I can, I can totally understand their growth and um, their phenomenon that's taking place right now. Um, but mm-hmm. when they asked, you know, in the group how many... And now, mind you, these are manufacturers and distributors of products that are still working within probably a very old model that is very low-tech. So it was 400 mm-hmm. people that are still doing distribution in a very, I'd say, archaic way at this point. Mm -hmm. And he asked the question, how many of you are Amazon Prime members? And it was about 95% of us raised our hands. (laughs) Um, so That's we, incredible. yeah. So we're we understand the value of this. We we appreciate technology. We appreciate that that instant, you know, gratification of being able to find something, buy it, and plus we, you know, I think we all believe that we're we're because we could shop around that we're getting the best price when we make that final purchase in there and Mm -hmm. i i Mm -hmm. totally see that happening with beauty like amazon and beauty is going bonkers right now with beauty products makeup cosmetics hair care products they are really Mm -hmm. they're really trying to get ahead of the game in regards to the third-party sellers because they want to work directly with the manufacturers so there's a lot of of technology that will certainly support any of those type of companies but i i love um this whole idea in technology that's becoming kind of voice activated you know, oh, like absolutely. robots. Like right now, the the CES show's going on in Vegas, and I'm sure they got robots mm-hmm. all over the place. As a matter of fact, I saw in the news <laughs> I saw in the news this morning that this guy had this piece of luggage that followed him. So if you didn't have to drag your luggage oh, through cool. the airport, it was following him. But it was a little slow. I'm like, we don't. Nobody walks that slow through the airport. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hopefully so, not. That
1: means yeah. your flight is probably delayed. Well, right. <laughs> then somebody's like, "There's a bag on the loose." There's a bag on the loose. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, right. So it's it was kind of well, crazy. But yeah, there's lots of technology going on, and this voice-activated world is like becoming extreme right now.
2: Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see if people can actually shop for beauty products using their voice on something like Amazon Alexa or Google Home. I know some fashion companies have experimented with it, um, whether it's, a, you know, Poshmark is saying, okay, hey, Poshmark, style me. And, you know, you can order something that way. I think people are starting to experiment. And I know that, like, the beauty market on Amazon is totally, like you said, exploding this year. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it does on voice.
1: Yeah, I have a, I have Alexa in my home and I never use her. I occasionally use her for music. Um, but yeah. I really don't. I'm not taking advantage of that technology and everything. Um, but my son came home from college and he was like asking Alexa everything under the sun. And I'm like, well, there you go. This really is kind of you know the this next generation of people that are utilizing this type of technology here. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I love the fact that you wrote on here that we might be asking these voice activated things to be able to say, "Hey, what should I wear today?" And, mm-hmm. you know, even if mm-hmm. even if it's not completely connected or valid, in other words, maybe they don't have an inventory of our closet, but even if they said something like, I think today would be a beautiful day for you to be wearing blue, we would probably do it.
2: Oh, it helps. Yeah, it helps kickstart the outfit process. It can talk about trends or the weather or... You know, you can say, okay, I have a cocktail party to go to. Oh, here's some suggestions. It's 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 more natural than texting,
1: really, or like going online on your computer. Just talking is more natural anyway. It is, yeah. It absolutely is, yeah. Um, and I think that, you, you know, I, I, when I was in uh, college at the University of Southern California, I did my um, – my one of my thesis on Nordstrom's the store. So I met the family and oh, had a chance to to go in. Uh, and I you know I got to bring in um, like ten of my friends and we had an exclusive shopping experience before the store opened. Um, and we all got like this massive discount and everything. They were so generous. it was it was it was really uh, a wonderful experience. Um, but I remembered, you know thinking that it was like they set me up with a personal shopper. And I used mm-hmm. to, and I thought, ooh, this is like, this is a big deal. You know, this is high tech, right? That was high tech back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. But now I'm sure that they've really, you know, evolved a lot of that. And um, the connection that people have utilizing technology is so much more valid today. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a customer yeah. for certain companies because I stay in touch, they stay in touch with me.
2: Right. And tech helps us be able to do that because, you know, you could normally not have a personal shopper because it was too expensive and it took too much time, but now we can lean more heavily on the on the algorithms and the automation to do some of that process for the stylists.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. Let's shift into some cultural shifts here that we're talking about. What mm-hmm. are you seeing as some of the trends that are happening right now in the fashion um, beauty world in regards to some cultural shifts?
2: I'm actually really excited about what's going to happen in 2018. Um, I think what we're seeing in general, to summarize it, would be there's just more options, more personalization, the rules as we know them no longer exist. And what I mean by this is there's more diversity, um, there's more personal choice, whether it's more expanded sizes, I think are continuing to just be more and more available to everyone. Um, there's this this change toward gender-neutral dressing and gender-neutral beauty. Um, CoverGirl, I believe it was, hired a male model for their makeup. I mean, how how exciting and interesting is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and he did a good job. Like, it wasn't offensive. It wasn't over-the-top. Um, I, th- I think that it, that it had a, a level of uh, complete acceptance with the audience as well.
2: Right. Well, like you mentioned, I was a teacher. So I teach... Um, fashion journalism and most of my students are pretty young i mean 18 19 20 and for them it's not as shocking it's it's the new standard and they expect it Um, they're on instagram all the time be their friends posting they see a variety of people and it's like it's up to the fashion and beauty world the executives to kind of catch up to those trends that is is normal for the next generation
1: yeah yeah they 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 have a lot more um gray area than we've had I think from certainly from my generation things were seemed very black and white and now there's a, a ton of gray in there um, mm-hmm. and yeah so so like plus sizes you know that's that's mm-hmm. on the increase I mean that's an unfortunate thing I'm not yeah I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not don't like to have to talk about that but the truth is is we're getting mm-hmm. bigger
2: <laughs> no absolutely I mean where well, there's just more diversity in general either end of the spectrum whether it's bigger smaller tall short i mean the the world is more diverse especially in the united states we're a melting pot and so for so long designers only served a small community and the reality is there's there are clients and customers and wallets that who want to spend on fashion but they can't find something to fit them and that's that's unfortunate and i think designers are really responding to this um you mentioned Nordstrom. They're starting to experiment with uh, merchandising all the sizes in one place. So instead of arbitrarily choosing a size that stops and then you have different sizes on a different floor or a different section, they're testing out in their Century City location in Los Angeles. They're testing out putting the denim all together no matter what the size is. And I think that really makes
1: a lot of oh, sense. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, right? because, I mean, who wants to go to a special section just because they're a numerically a different size? And or a different designer, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if I'm looking for a, you know, a pair of jeans, I want to I want to see my selection of jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. so It makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. So it's changing its, its technology is the way that we're using technology is changing the retail market as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I That's- mean, it's, it's. you were able to see, you know, what sizes are most popular and what styles, we're able to see what people really want. I mean, they're answering with their wallets as well, but we we're able to test stuff. Um, and another thing I think is interesting is that companies are using their e-commerce sites, their websites, as a testing ground to get the data that they're now able to implement in the actual physical store. So they kind of it goes both ways, both of them inform each other.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I think that, like you said earlier, I would hate to see that these retail stores don't exist anymore because there is some enjoyment to the shopping experience and, you know, and picking things out and, um, you know, adding to your wardrobe or you know buying that that trendy lipstick that's in right now um, mm-hmm. without having to do it online. But I tell you, every time there's a box outside from Amazon at my front door, I get excited. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know. It's like the holidays or something. You get a present for yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, (laughs) I'm still just, I'm still buying off of Amazon. I'm still buying mainly just like tech stuff or office stuff or, you know, general Mm -hmm. household stuff.
2: Well, they say, like Amazon, they say, is kind of becoming like the new Sephora and A place for up and coming brands to really have a platform. So that's kind of
1: interesting. Yeah, one of my clients is working uh, very closely with Amazon in his brand. And um, he has had like 50% growth um, over the year in regards to what he's been selling on there. And it's, you know, he's, he's changed his website and some of his sales pages and other, you know, forms that he's using that's directing them. Um, you know, towards Amazon because he's got so much more potential of the technology that they're using to be able to upsell other items. Um, mm-hmm. that he that he can't he, he's not in a position he's a small business he, he can't in a he's not in a position to finance that type of technology on a website where it says hey I noticed that you liked the taupe eyebrow, eyebrow cream um, you know you should try the highlighter in you know heaven color or something like that and mm-hmm. and those type of that type of technology is actually creating more sales so where he's thinking that yeah it's 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 a distribution model for me but it's also a, a distribution model that is helping me to sell more. And get my name out there. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I Mm -hmm. think all these platforms have this infrastructure, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Amazon, they have this infrastructure that these smaller brands can't afford themselves. And it's a really it's really good point that that um, it actually makes sense to be on these platforms. They aren't threatening for the smaller brands who can't afford to, to build it themselves.
1: In the uh, professional beauty industry, it seems to be very threatening for us because we still have a very old uh, distribution model in place. And I think the mm-hmm. distributors are starting to realize that um, they don't have the same level of value that they used to have to the to the to the professional hairdressing and, and aesthetic and, you know, salon provider mm-hmm. community and. Um, and yet the hairdresser is all saying, well, I don't know why I need to have your products on the shelf. My clients just buy it from Amazon anyway. So, uh. so you know, this next <laughs> level of technology is being able to work with these middlemen, you know, this, this middle mm-hmm. model and be able to say, hey, let's set you up with an account that if you get your clients to buy directly from us, that you still get a kickback of some sort. And I know that mm-hmm. they I know that that technology already exists and that they're working on it. Um, It just has to filter down to, you know, how you look at it as um, how it's relevant to, you know, say a hairstylist being able to sell products to their clients or a makeup artist being able to sell makeup to their clients. But um, Mm. I want to touch on this one before we go to another break here. So flats, the freedom of wearing flats. I love this. And so please share (laughs) with me a little bit more because it sounds like you got a friend that's kind of got a little movement going now.
2: Absolutely. So, um, my friend Flori Hutchinson. She is. Uh, she lives out here. She's a mother, and she was noticing when she was texting one day that anytime she pushed the word "shoe," um, the red high heel <laughs> emoji icon appeared, and she was kind of like, "You know what? I, I don't. That's not what I actually wear on a regular basis." And as she became aware of it, she realized that there's this conditioning this idea that women always wear high heels and it's really sort of limiting um, from a you know just a straight up mobility standpoint you know not most women wear high heels most of the time that's not the normal shoe Mm -mm. so she created this she learned she researched um, how to create an emoji campaign and apparently you can put together a proposal and it's something they vote on to create new emojis so she's going to find out the end of january if her campaign is approved and if it is approved, then we will have a ballet flat emoji because all of the high heels or all of the emojis have high heels on them when they're, they're they're met for women. Um, So that's kind of exciting that she's noticing it's a feminist movement to wear flats. And now she's noticing actresses are wearing flats on the red carpet, whether it's Kristen Stewart or Gal Gadot. And uh, it's it's kind of interesting to see, again, it goes back to there's no rules we have more freedom now. So I think yeah, that's really interesting.
1: I, and, and I do really appreciate this generation that's saying, I don't want to, you know, if even if I wear the gown, I don't want to wear the big high heels with it. Like it, the gown's probably uncomfortable enough, but then you add right. the high heels to it. But it's true. And there there does need to be more freedom. But I think that choices also is what limits us a lot of times. You know, like we, we and, and of course, perception. There's a standard of what, Sh- you should look like if you have a dress on, you should have heels on. You shouldn't be wearing flats, you know. Um, but it, right. then it goes right into that gender, uh, gender neutral dressing that you were talking about as well um, mm-hmm. that is, you know, really kind of blending. Uh, I remember uh, when I was uh, holiday shopping with my son and he's like, Mom, I need some cologne. And so mm-hmm. we were kind of like smelling every cologne there was in um, I think we were in Ulta. And he picked up the one, and it was CK-1. And I'm like, ah, that was the first, oh, like, cool. yeah, the, the first gender one that, you know, a male or a female could wear it. And he goes, I kind of like this one. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's been a favorite for, you know, a lot of people over the years. <laughs> that's so exciting. Yeah. I remember that. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. So it was like Absolutely. CK-1. Yeah. It was like anybody could wear it. And it just kind of it broke down that barrier of I don't have to smell like a rose. Right, right, and and the well, guys don't have to smell like a woods.
2: <laughs> right, absolutely. I mean, the the flat or the um the flat thing, and as far as designers go, it's the designers are really doing a lot of flats. I mean, we've seen if you look at ad campaigns and magazines, and I think Flori did this. She researched and she found that designers are actually creating more and more flats, but. A lot of the fashion editorials haven't gotten on board as quickly, so they're still well, showing high heels. how, deals, how many so.
1: of how many of the models are going to have to trip on the runway and on those obnoxious right. shoes they're putting on before they realize it's okay to have a few flats on there, right? <laughs> well, right, we're going to take we're going to take another break right now, Megan, and uh, we'll be back because I I want to continue to talk with you. You know, about how this technology is is changing the way we're talking about. And uh, I don't know if you watch the Golden Globes, but I want to tap into that yes. with you a little bit. Does that sound good? Great. Okay, perfect. We'll be right back.
2: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: Visit www.napevents.com or call 877 319 2403. That's napevents.com or 877 319 2403. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out.
2: Follow the movement. Meet guests
0: who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillocks, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Hi everybody, welcome back. I've got my guest here, Megan McDowell, and
1: she is an amazing journalist. Uh, and reporter and she's kind of bridged that gap between technology and fashion and beauty and we have been talking about how technology is really changing the way that we're buying things as consumer and how it's also kind of like the forefront of how we probably will continue to buy things going into the future and you know last week on my show i talked a little bit about you know what is it that you want your brand to be going into this um, into this year and how is your brand kind of representing you? And I think that fashion is really a way that we can um, kind of look at that brand style. And this is the algorithms that I think that, I think that Megan and I are talking about, that Mm -hmm. I have a particular style, that I like, and if they know that, they're going to continually feed me uh, advertising and ideas and and products based on that look that I think I feel most comfortable in, and that's how you can kind of form it into that brand. People know what to expect um, when they see me, and I kind of I feel as though I'm packaged up on the outside, beauty on the outside, um, in that particular way. So, Megan, you know, it's I, I totally get how. That how how this whole technology is working and supporting the way that we're buying things because I know what I like at this point mm-hmm. I know what I like I'm not I, I'm willing to try a few things so I love when you wrote the article in regards to the the um, the thrift store that's sending stuff out, mm-hmm. I probably would dig that more than maybe, like, a stitch fix or something like that because I, I, I'd like to be a little quirky with things, and I'd like to say, oh, gosh, I would never have bought that, but I love it, and I can wear it with, you know, this and that and that type of thing. So I totally see yeah. that being um, an option for me over, you know, well, kind mean, of –
2: Go ahead. Well, my experience was fun because it was like I, they sent me this box. I mean, it had like 18 items in it. And I probably would not have picked them out online myself. But once they are in my home and I tried them on, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so much fun. I, I decided I wanted half of this stuff. And it's like this great way to discover things that I normally would not have done. And it's great for the business because then they sell more.
1: So it was really, it was really fun. Well, and I know how much stuff I give away. It would be very funny if what I gave away ended up back in my closet. <laughs>
2: that would be hilarious
1: (laughs) yeah I, I, I rarely give away shoes though because I always believe they're coming back in style they're coming back right, in style, right. and I and I've always been true about that. They they do come back and they're in always style, fit, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I, once I had my son, though, they say that when after you have a pregnancy, that your your, your feet do go like a half a size to a size larger. Oh. And I found that to be very true and very disturbing because oh, no. I had to give up a lot of great shoes. Oh <laughs> well, no. So I ended up getting you know a whole new selection of shoes, but that's kind of my thing, anyways. I uh, I have mm-hmm. no problem buying shoes, and and I'm and I could buy shoes all day long online. Um, but uh, I don't because you know there's all those companies out there that are trying to sell you those all these different shoes for like thirty nine ninety five, and I'm like <laughs> no, I I really do like to. Buy a, a higher quality shoe that lasts longer and feels good on my feet because I do not want to be miserable. Oh yeah, that is for sure. It makes a difference. It does. So here we are. We're back. We're talking about um, fashion and technology. And but well, let's get to the let's get to the politics of fashion here. So at the yes. Gold Globes um, this last Sunday, um, almost everybody wore black. Mm-hmm. And it was based mm-hmm. on the statement of kind of the Me Too and Time's Up. And they kind of merged a couple, you know, little hashtaggy things that are going on right now. And um, I, first of all, I thought everybody looked elegant in black. So I was not mm-hmm. opposed to it at all. I thought, wow, everybody is looks stellar. You know, like it, it really created a sense of elegance that I noticed with my eyes and saying that everybody looked fabulous. Um, uh-huh. And I wasn't opposed to the message at all, um, but it did feel it it did kind of take away from the golden Globes. I don't know. you tell me your opinion on this?
2: Well, I think um, I mean it did definitely highlight the people's faces, their beauty, you know their own their own point of view on the color black. I think um, I think it showed the power of what we wear to convey a message and mm. I think you know a lot of the message was ask the women more than just, who are they wearing, which I totally support, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it also showed that what we wear is so important. The one thing, there's a couple things that disappointed me. Um, The first thing was that they didn't ask the men why they were wearing black, and I noticed Mm. a lot of the hosts asked the women, why are you wearing black today? Why are you wearing black today? But they didn't include the men in the
1: conversation, and I thought that was a missed opportunity. Um, That's the a huge thing that really missed opportunity, yeah. <laughs> Don't you think? Did yes. you notice that as well? I didn't notice that because I guess they've never, well, I guess they occasionally ask, and then everybody says, you know, the same two or three designers that fit the men, right? Mm-hmm. But you're yeah. right, you're right. They kind of, that was a huge missed opportunity because this, there's no movement without both men and women involved.
2: Right, yeah. exactly. Good. Um, so, and then the second thing, I thought, I thought it was unfortunate that they still, you know, they can ask the women about the projects and their points of view, but I also think there's still a place to say, well, which which designer worked with you on this beautiful look? Because so many creative people, designers, stylists, and artists worked really hard to make this person look good, and I think it was unfortunate that we didn't give them any credit because fashion is not frivolous all the time. It still matters, and I think... We still could have said which designer made this and still could have said
1: what's on your mind yeah, maybe, at the same time. Maybe it wasn't about who are you wearing first. Maybe right. it was about mm-hmm. what's, what do you want your message to be tonight in wearing black? And then, right. by the way, what designer supported you in that message? Right. I agree. Because I love that, that. That would have been beautiful because you're right. They, they had a stake in this, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it that way, but that's a really good point of view. I love that. The politics of, the <laughs> politics of fashion here we're getting into now. I know. Um, well, I love that so many women wore pants. I thought that was refreshing and exciting. There mm-hmm. were some pantsuits,
2: some uh, suiting elements. I thought that was a literal and figurative way of saying, okay, we're taking back power. And I think that there is a place for women who wear suits. I think it looks beautiful. And it's so freeing. Um, I know Evan Rachel Wood all, I think it was all 2017, on every red carpet she wore a suit. And I just think that was so fresh and so, so great.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I like the diversity um, that I think that women are starting to feel that they can be and they're not having to feel as though they're in a box with the expectations Absolutely. that they have, um, but I did find it interesting that, and it was very few people. It was very few people. If if maybe one one got pointed out, definitely that she wore this really racy red dress, <laughs> racy. Oh right. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, okay, this is kind of like you know the the Me Too movement is is kind of tied around sexual harassment. And mm-hmm. um, and then here she is in this red dress, and it is, like, exposing so much of her. And although she looked fantastic in it, and um, it was a, a great choice for her, I just think that under the circumstances it was, you know, it was it was a little odd on top I of that. I think,
2: you know, and I think she's spoken out about why she wore red. I haven't read all her comments, but I think there is there is a point of view that says, you know, I want to wear something that makes me feel good, and I want to wear my favorite color. And, you know, what if you don't necessarily like black? What if you want to express your happiness and your joy and your exuberance? Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I don't know, I, I think it's a complex conversation, but I think that if she felt the best in that outfit, that that's, I think this movement ultimately goes back to women feeling like they can be themselves without being... Right. Or, well, that's,
1: that's, that's you where know. you have to be careful in the messaging, what they were communicating on stage. Uh, Natalie Portman, when she was announcing the um, best directors, and she's like an all-male, you know, all-male nominees type of thing and kind of put that little jab in there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sometimes those are clever ways of being able to kind of make your point go across. And, and I do love the fact that they came together in regards to this. Um, mm-hmm. but you're right. I think that it's okay that we should be able to still have a voice, wear what we mm-hmm. want, and and mm-hmm. and include men more in the in the conversations that we're having instead of making it feel mm-hmm. like it's against men.
2: Yeah, it's like all the women did the emotional labor once again, and not a single <laughs> not a single man who won an award. I mean seriously though, not a single man who won an award said, I support you, I stand with you. And it's like You have this huge platform. Why would you not add your voice to the conversation? It's just it was it was unfortunate.
1: Oh, good point. Good point. Well, thanks for sharing in that (laughs) because I I rarely get into politics. I just want you to know. But that was a fun that was a fun place to go in regards to it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. I think it's good to talk about. Yeah, good. Well, what's some? what are some ideas in a, in a wrap-up here, at Megan, that, that what can you share with the listeners in, in order for them to feel more comfortable maybe using technology in regards to fashion and beauty? What would you suggest?
2: Well, I think companies are intentionally trying to create solutions that are intuitive and easy to use. So, like, we've talked quite a bit about the voice-activated home assistant. And that's one example of something that is designed to be user-friendly. So it's not, you know, like using computers back in the day was more intimidating. Now something is designed to be easy to use. So I think the more we try to use it and the more we get used to it, we'll find it actually makes our life very seamless. I've I've noticed that using um, mobile payments with my smartwatch or my phone it's actually very easy to use and i think going forward more and more companies will be doing stuff that makes our lives easier and more seamless
1: and potentially safer too you know i noticed that my phone keeps saying that i need to do my update but i've done the update the only update i didn't do was the apple pay part And so here I am resisting it. And so you've just kind of convinced (laughs) me to just finish that out because I've been, you know, my, one of my uh, business accounts has been hacked like three times in the last six months um, because I'm physically using my card in places that are making it vulnerable. So um, that's a great,
2: great point. Well, one time I accidentally took a business trip and I forgot my credit card and I had to, you know, expense the hotel and taxis. And I was like. I didn't know how I was going to pay for everything, and then I had my phone, and I was able to pay using my credit card saved on my phone.
1: Oh, smart! Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs>
2: that was a breakthrough for me.
1: Yeah, it it is. It's and it is designed to be able to, I think, increase security as well. So I love the idea. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna check into this uh, the thread ThreadUp. Um, mm-hmm. the the thrift the thrift store one i'm gonna try that out Mm -hmm. i think that i think that might be the one that fits more my more of my style and um seems a little bit fun so to my listeners out there which what technology are you going to give a try this year in order to kind of like really develop a little bit more of that fashion sense and maybe not fear it so much and then look to be able to how you can continue to build your brand. And we're going to talk a whole lot more about brand as we progress into this first quarter, um, as well as many, many other topics. So we've got next week, we've got Kelly um, McNeilis. She is she heads up an organization called Women for One. And she just wrote a book called Your Messy Brilliance, Seven Tools for Perfect, Perfectly... Uh, perfectly important uh, hold on I'm saying that totally wrong here your messy brilliance seven tools for the imperfect perfect you and uh, she's going to be sharing with us all these things that we think we need to do in order to be qualified as as the beautiful woman and how to be able to let some of that go and find our own style and our own brand which was a lot what Megan was sharing with us so Megan thanks so much for being with us today Oh, well, thank you. It's been fun. Yeah, we appreciate it. And as always, remember, it's about being you and beauty. See you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.